Outside of the will of God, there is no peace. In the will of God, there is no storm. Peace in the Storm, Part 2, Person. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. And today I am on Part 2 of a series simply called Peace in the Storm. And on the last message, I detailed the varying types of storms in the natural And as I was sitting there this morning, just a few minutes before I actually came up to speak this message, I just heard something in the spirit dealing with peace in the storm. And it's one of those statements right now from messages or experiences. I have two sayings that I keep on my desk. One of them from the last recent message is simply entitled, Lord, forgive me for being petty. I keep that on my desk to remind me. Don't be petty. And the other one has to do with keep me from judging. Judge not lest ye be judged. And I heard just in the spirit a statement that I'm going to put on my desk for the third statement. And it relates to this series of peace in the storm. And what I heard is simply this. Outside of the will of God, there is no peace in the will of God. There is no storm. And as I heard that, I said, whoa, that's deep. And I understood its higher meaning. There was a song by Canton Jones. I don't know the title of the song, but I know the line in the song. And the line in the song simply says, jet skiing in the middle of the storm. And I remember when I heard that, I went to YouTube. I said, let me see if anybody is crazy enough to jet ski. And sure enough. I found a bunch of YouTubes with people out jet skiing in the middle of the storm. And they were just, one of the fellows, he had on one of the head-mounted cameras, and you could just see it, and he would just go up and wee, and then bam, and wee, bam. They were just jet skiing, and all of these big waves in this hurricane And there was even one YouTube with the news station. And look at these crazy folk in the middle of the storm, jet skiing in the middle of the storm. I want us after this series to be able to jet ski in the middle of the storm, because I do believe outside of the will of God, there is no peace in the will of God. There is no storm. And as I talked about in the last message, the different types of storms, Ted came to me after the message and he said, Pastor, you didn't mention a dust storm. (laughs) And today, actually, I'm kind of dealing with the dust storm because I am going to do the same thing with this series that I did with the last series where I'll take the letter of each series and use a word as the main gist for the message. And I'm going to do that with peace in the storm. And today begins with the letter P. And that P stands for dust. Well, not exactly dust because we are dust. It stands for person. And sometimes the biggest storms that we face 
are people storms. And everyone has one person that gives them more trouble than anybody else. And you know, if they can just get this one person straight, life would be, I hear people just laughing and nodding. And sometimes, you know, that one person just come to focus. If they can just get this one, I start to say one Negro, but not necessarily. But if they could just get this one person straight, their life would be so much better because usually most people have one person and this one person seems to be the crux or the center or the epicenter of all of their issues. If they could just get this one person straight, life would be so much smoother. And that's probably true with the vast majority of people except for my mother. And I don't think my mother has anybody that she has an issue with simply because she's 88 years old and all of the folks she had issues with dead. So if you live long enough, you'll outlive all of them. But I don't really believe my mother has any issues with folk anyway because her spirit clears the issues right away. But most people, they have one person that creates their bulk quantity of their issues. So today, just peace in the storm, if we can get at peace with that person. And I want to use the scripture for today, which really contains the entire message is Matthew 538. And first, I'm going to read the NIV version of 538. Well, that's the first verse. It goes on. But we're all familiar with these words of Jesus. But within it, this is how you handle that person that's creating the storm or will create the storm in your life. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Let me repeat that. Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, this is why I believe the New Testament is harder than the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In the Old Testament, if someone slaps you, you can slap them back. You just can't slap them two times. But... I looked at this and I've seen this. What Jesus tells us to do is harder. If somebody sues you to get your shirt off your back, Jesus said, give them your coat off. So I was in a lawsuit and, and the opposing attorney studied me 
And I was there in a deposition and they asked me, so you're a pastor of a church. So yeah, he said, doesn't the Bible tell you if somebody sue you, give it to them? <laughs> I mean, this is real. This is what happened. So I'm telling you, the New Testament is tougher than the Old Testament. I was in a serious business suit with this thing. I wasn't letting up. I said, I know what it said, but I just ain't going to do that. So when it gets to the point of living, and to be honest, as I look back and when I got to the end, because what happened, the businessman and I settled. I won it, but I didn't win it. I ended up getting $300,000 of stock options from them, but the options turned out to be not worth a quarter because the company didn't go up, so it really was zero, but the suit cost me almost $100,000, so I'd have been better off if I had never gotten into the lawsuit with the man. So if I had followed what Jesus told me to do, I'd have been better off. And see, sometimes we go through our own wisdom and our own will, and if we had followed what Jesus said, if we followed God's will in the will of God, in the will of God, there is no storm. Now, I just read that to you out of the NIV version. I want to read the same set of verses out of the message version. It's a little bit clearer. And really within these verses, there's the whole message. If we can just grasp and understand this, and if we can do this, it is counterintuitive. It is against the flesh. It is against the nature. With a lot of people, it even looks like it's against wisdom. But if we can do this, it will keep us out of the storm. So I want to read Matthew beginning at 538 in the message version. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. Don't hit back at all. See, in today's society, really, there's not a lot of physical violence in what's called first world countries. Most of our violence is psychological. It's the tongue is far more deadly and does far more damage than fists or feet or knees or knives or bullets. In our world, in first world countries, The tongue is the biggest weapon. And here the message version says, don't hit back. Don't hit back. Don't hit back. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. You know, that takes a that takes a special evolved person to do that. If someone sues you and drags you into court, trying to get the shirt off your back, it says gift wrapped your coat and make a special present of it. Now this is tougher by far than Old Testament law. This takes you way beyond. So this is a part of when Jesus teaches you something. That's why Jesus, when you really study what he actually says and what he actually tells you to do, it takes you to just a whole different level, to a whole different level. But to do this requires some stuff to die in us for you not to hit back. It's a difference if you don't hit back and it's Mike Tyson who slapped you. See, that's a whole different ballgame right there. You can find a whole lot of reasons not to hit Mike Tyson back. 
Because you know if you first of all even swing at Mike Tyson, chances are it's never even going to connect. And you're going to wake up in the hospital wondering what happened. So it's a difference when you don't hit back and it's someone you know you can beat. That's a whole different ballgame. So Jesus is telling us a whole different level of living that the modern world can't even comprehend. Not to hit back when you have the power to hurt and when you have the power to hurt without serious risk to yourself. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat, not just a coat, your best coat, and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Now, this is Jesus talking. This is in a modern message language, but this is Jesus talking. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lullable, do you expect a bonus? Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, Do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I am saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like it. This is Jesus, just different wording. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives towards you. We're going to have opportunities in life so many times for the storm of this person. And whether we have peace or turmoil will depend upon how we react to them. It's not dependent upon them. It's dependent upon us. See, we want to change them. Jesus ain't said a word about them. He's talking about those who follow him. He's talking about those in Christ, those in him. This is the way we are supposed to live. It's not easy, but nothing at the higher levels is ever easy. Anything at a higher level is always difficult and it always separates you from the crowd because you don't hardly know anybody who really lives like this. Most of the stuff hard, but it takes you to a whole different level and it keeps you at peace. Mr. Hardy, Tim Hardy, a member here at the church, many of you heard the announcement on last week that he had gone in the hospital with a mild stroke. He's back at home now, and I talked to Mr. Hardy last week. And Mr. Hardy said, Pastor, he said, if you want to, you can tell this story in the church. So I got his permission, but I didn't even ask him for his permission. He said, you want to talk about this, you can. (laughs) So Mr. Hardy was in the hospital last week, and he was in the hospital in a shared room, wasn't a private room. He had another man in there with him. 
And Mr. Hardy said, this man, he said, pastor, this man was hell. That's just what he said. He said, I was in hell in there with this man. He said, first of all, the man kept the TV on all night long. Some folks just not considerate about you. He kept the TV on all night long. And then he was loud and he was obnoxious. And then Mr. Hardy said, and then... He stole some of my stuff. He said he went in there, got my shampoo. My wife had brought me some nice stuff from bed and baths and beyond. He went in there and stole all my bath stuff, my bed stuff, and the stuff beyond. He went in there and just got all my stuff. He said, and then, Pastor, he said the man was so obnoxious that he just did number two all over himself and stunk up the whole room. He said the nurses would come in and clean him up. A couple of hours later, he number two again in all the room. He said, I just couldn't even hardly breathe. My stuff was gone. My wash up stuff was gone. He was over there with the TV on. He was loud. He was obnoxious and he was stinking up the whole room. He said, Pastor, I was in hell. And I was so glad to get out of that hospital so I could get away from that person. Now, you might ask yourself, how could I have dealt with that person in the love of Christ? Because some folk be stinking. I mean, they literally stinking. It's not just they got a stinking attitude. They literally stinking. So this man number two all over himself, stinking up the whole room, and he's stealing stuff, and he's inconsiderate. He got all this. So you deal with people sometimes. They're just another level of difficulty. They're that F5 tornado or that Category 5 hurricane. That was a Category 5 man in his room. All of us want Category 0. All of us want people that are just pleasant, just a nice breeze. But what about when you've got not only just a 200-mile-an-hour wind, but stinking 200-mile-an-hour wind? So what do you deal with? So sometimes you're going to be placed into a storm that's not your fault, you had nothing to do with, and you can't get out of the situation. He was stuck in there with this man until he could get out of the hospital. So sometimes we're just going to deal with certain things and we have to learn how to gear our minds, even in the midst of all of this, to understand and take the Christ attitude. You're going to have people who will steal from you. I remember James and I had gone to lunch and when I got back to the car, got in the car and I looked in my rearview mirror, I noticed my window was out in the back. And they had busted out my back window, stole my suitcase, stole my laptop notebook. And I had to then change my mentality. And I actually prayed for them. I said, Lord, help them, bless them, help them to be able to find a job. Hopefully what they found in my stuff will help give them a leg up so that they won't have to break in anybody else's car. They won't go to jail and they'll be able to turn. I had to change my mentality. I couldn't use the typical mentality. Lord, you need to cuss them folk today. Lock them up. Lock them up and throw away the key. This is the normal reaction, but that stuff causes number two in you. It causes your spirit to become polluted. It causes your spirit to stink. And it causes your attitude to sour. So when you can learn how to forgive, how to forget, how to walk the path that Jesus talks about, it changes your whole world and it changes how you are in peace.
that person. And with the vast majority, one person immediately came to mind. That person. And I'm going to challenge you with this. Don't let anything they do upset you. And there's a corollary to that. Don't let anything they don't do upset you. Because you got two categories. You got categories where folk doing stuff they ought not to do. Then you got other categories where they're not doing what they should be doing. Don't let anything that they do upset you. Don't let anything that they don't do upset you. Because all of us will have that person. And if you can get yourself at peace with this one person, you can handle the whole world. See, if you can get at peace with that stinking, obnoxious, inconsiderate person, it's nothing the president going to do going to upset you. Mm-mm. It's nothing that your boss is going to do that's going to upset you unless the boss is that one person. Sometimes the boss is that one person. But you need to get at peace with this person who immediately came to your mind. And when you can handle that and you can do as Matthew 5:38 has indicated how Jesus told you to live in relation to others, you'll find that you'll be able to jet ski in the middle of a storm. And I want to just read Matthew 5:38 one more time as a closing statement because that is the whole message of how to stay at peace with a person. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Is that going to get you anywhere? Here's what I propose. This is Jesus. Here's what Jesus proposes. Don't hit back at all. If you can't remember anything else, just remember that. Don't hit back. When they make you mad, put it in your head. Don't hit back. Don't say this. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't hit back. If someone strikes you, Stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lullaby, if all you do is love the lullaby, that's one of them hard Peter Piper pick the peck of pickle peppers thing. If all of you, if all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run of the mill sinner does that. This is what Jesus says. Any run of the mill sinner does that. Are you behaving like any run of the mill sinner? In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives towards you. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. This series will help bring you peace in the storm. 
So that no matter what your external situation is, no matter what you're dealing with, by the time we finish this series, we'll have tools and ammunition where we will be able to remain at peace and joy no matter what. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to or send this sermon to a friend and listen to the entire series absolutely free. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor James if he close us out for today. Amen. This was a deep and difficult message today. Peace in the storm. And in addition to what he said about Mr. Hardy's roommate, on top of all of the bed, body, and bath stuff he stole, he stole half of his underwear, his clean underwear. So he he really got him good on that. (laughs) So he had to lay there and smell the number two coming through his underwear that the guy had stolen from. (laughs) So indeed, he said he got a glimpse of hell and I tell you, nothing will strengthen your faith like getting a glimpse of hell. He said, that's one place you don't want to go if it's anything like being in that room. So we thank Pastor for this deep message today. And it's, you know, not to hit back and not to retaliate. That's something, even though we're adults, that's something we have to struggle from, I think, even from a toddler. One of the biggest challenges we had as parents when our kids were small was just dealing with them hitting each other back. One of them messed with the other and you just hear one of them smack the other and then you come and try to break it up and they say, well they did this to me first. (laughs) And it's not something that they even have to be taught. It's not something they have to see on TV or see in a parental example. It's one of those things I think just just built into our sinful flesh that somebody does something to you you got to get them back even from the age where they couldn't even talk yet they still would hit back if one of their siblings did something to them so that just shows how ingrained it is inside of our flesh that's one reason the Bible said we're just born into sin into this fleshly bodies because it has a nature to retaliate when others have done us wrong so it's something we have to struggle with from the very earliest toddler ages even to elderly ages you go to any nursing home you'll still see them struggling when somebody said something about them they still will struggle even if they're 85 years old and they're struggling not to get them back not to hold it in their heart. So it's something that we don't outgrow, no matter how young or how old we are. And it was just a deep statement, even that outside of the will of God, there's no peace, and inside of the will of God, there's no storm. And that's deeper than even it sounds, because, and don't take that statement and, look at it as there won't appear to be a storm or there won't appear to be peace those outside of the will of God when you look at their social media it'll look like they have peace you'll see 
trips they're taking and all of the things material that they're buying and people they're in relationship with. But you won't see what's going on in the home. You won't see what's going on in the heart. You won't see what's keeping them up at night. But there will be the appearance of peace. I remember we've seen some great athletes. I don't know if it was Deion Sanders or somebody we saw recently. And he was talked about how he was... He pulled off the side of a road in a $200,000 Lamborghini and was getting ready to drive off the cliff. And he was doing all of these interviews and all of this TV time. And people thought that he was just on top of the world. But inside, there was no peace. So there will be the appearance of peace. And we'll think that they just have the whole world. And on the flip side, in the will of God, there will be the appearance of storm. But God will give you peace. I remember on one of our brother's trips, he led pastor to go to the Isle of Patmos. And it was a divine place. And he had a little motorcycle accident there. He was there laying in this place that God told him to go in a pool of blood. But yet, because he was in the will of God and knew he was in the place that God told him, he had peace that the doctors and the nurses couldn't understand And he had more peace in the hospital there than the doctors and nurses did themselves in their health. So God will give you peace in what appears to be a storm. And it was no storm going on on the inside of him. And you'll go through medical issues that appear to be a storm to others. But God will give you peace. And even in situations where you transition out of this body, the ultimate healing is to get that new body where there's no more sickness, no more pain, that he still will give you peace in one form or another, peace that passes all understanding. So don't get it confused with there won't be the illusion of peace for those outside of the wheel and the illusion of storm for those inside of his wheel. But God will give you that true peace on the inside. Where you'll have a stillness and Jesus could be on the boat in the midst of what appeared to be these tempest with waves, thunder and lightning. But he had peace. He could sleep in the midst of it. It was no storm to him. To him it was just water falling and waves moving as they were intended. But he knew that no harm would come to him. He had a peace that allowed him to sleep. But to everybody else it did have the illusion of the storm so stay grounded in him and he will give you peace but with heads bowed right now if there's anybody in this place and you've not had peace and sometimes when you're not as connected to God as you should be the smallest of things will take you peace Somebody blowing a horn in traffic. You're meeting with somebody and they're just five minutes late. Little things. Lines at the grocery store. That'll just take your peace. When you're not connected to the Prince of Peace. And if there's anybody right now and you just want to reconnect to the Prince of Peace that you'll have a solid foundation of peace that no matter what happens no matter what appearance
appearance of storms come your way that you'll be deeply rooted and anchored in the prince of peace so that on the inside you'll be unmoved if there's anybody that wants to restore that connection with the prince of peace today the altar is open with one challenge after another. Even if you're in the will of God, you will have the appearance of storm. Job was in the will of God more than any man on the earth, but he had to go through a test. And you'll go through tests in this life that God will hold you through. But you'll have to stay connected or it will appear as a storm and you'll get caught up in all of the motion of what's going on around there anybody else that wants prayer for connection back to the Prince of Peace because you're going to be tested some of you before this week is out will have situations that will come to test your peace even think that's an accident this morning. That's the first time I can remember two mics batteries going out on us. And You know, in life, storms will come and it'll drain your battery. Just dealing with people sometimes. You'll get home and you'll feel drained and wonder. I didn't do a lot of activity today, but trying to maintain your peace in the midst of those that have no peace on the inside. You know, they won't be at peace if you have peace without them trying to bother your peace. Sometimes they'll just agitate you. It'll bother their peace. If they don't have peace and they look at you with peace, they'll try to rob you of your peace. And we have to stay anchored that we may maintain our peace.
some people, they want to aggravate you, to get you to retaliate, to bring you to their level, to make themselves feel better about themselves or how they're acting and their attitudes. But we are to reflect Jesus, to show them another sign, another way. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I declare with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And Lord, I ask you to be my anchor. I ask you to be my peace. You are my rock. You are my Savior. You are the one that I place my trust in. I thank you for giving me peace. I thank you for giving me the realization that the storm is just an illusion. I thank you for you are the master of the storm. I thank you for being my father. Thank you for being my peace. For being the prince of peace. And I declare that I will serve the prince of peace all the days of my life. No matter what is going on around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stretch your hands toward these as we just say our corporate prayer over them. Lord, we just thank you for those that have come today, oh Lord, those that might be in a storm right now, oh Lord, and those that are headed even in storms unforeseen, oh Lord. We pray, Father, that you would increase peace, oh Lord, that fruit of the Spirit, oh Father, that you give us access to, O Lord. We pray that you'll increase peace, O Lord, that even when things on their jobs, even when things in their marriage, even when things in their households, even with their children and cousins and siblings, O Lord, even when others don't have peace, O Lord, we pray, O Lord, that this message will come back into their remembrance, O Father. We pray, O Father, that you'll just rise up peace on the inside of them, O Father, when turmoil is going on around them. We pray, O Lord, that you'll use them as ambassadors of peace, O Father, in situations on their job, O Lord, when everybody is running around, O Lord, nervous, O Father, about what's going to happen. We pray, O Lord, that peace will exude from them, that it will be contagious to others, O Lord, that even around them, O Father. We pray, O Lord, that when family members might even pass, O Lord, and need Consoling, O oh Father. We pray that the peace that you place on the inside of them, O oh Lord, would just be a stabilizer to other family members, O oh Father, even in times of death, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being our Prince of Peace, O oh Lord. We thank you for giving us the fruit of peace, O oh Lord. And we just speak peace over your people, O oh Lord, right now, O oh Lord. Peace, O oh Lord. Peace when they lie down at night, oh Father. And thoughts would want to ravage their minds of worries about what's going on. 
we just speak unto the thoughts and say, Peace, be still, O Lord. When storms would rise up on the inside of them, O Lord, we just speak to internal storms of worry and say, Peace, be still. Peace, be still unto you. Peace, be still. We thank you, Lord. The precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask Minister George. He's one of the calmest guys I know. So sometimes you need an anointing of peace. Somebody that, you know, and he first mastered it when our musician Christian was bothering him a little. (laughs) Like I talked about with my kids. So (laughs) he had a good... So Krishna, thank you for giving him a training ground to develop his peace. And he couldn't appreciate it then, but if he hadn't had that training ground from Christian, then things would have been able to bother him now. But when he goes to debates and has issues at school, he'd look at it and say, this is nothing compared to Christian. was definitely a very beneficial relationship. <laughs> I remember those days of telling my mother to tell him to stop looking at me. He kept staring at me. Please bow your heads for a word of prayer. Abba Father, I thank you for all that is and I thank you for everybody that's here. I just pray that a peace will flow through this place. I pray Understanding and acceptance, empathy will flow through this place because sometimes we're simply not at peace because we don't understand. We fear the things which we don't understand, things we don't get, and people can be mighty difficult to understand. So, Father God, I don't just pray for peace for everybody that's here, but I pray for understanding and I pray for wisdom. I pray that there will be empathy that even if we don't understand, we can at least feel with them. Father God, I just pray that there will be connection, that there will be peace, and even once they leave here, that peace will be extended unto others they come across, as though it's an aura that's accepted, an aura that's shared, an aura that's irreplaceable. Father God, I pray that people won't just be jealous of their peace, but people will take their peace too. Father God, may this grow May this extend to others like a wave washing over the world. Father God, may there be peace and may there be plenty. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, and Spirit. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part two of the series titled Peace in the Storm, subtitled Person by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5935, that's 5935. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5935 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.